Thanks for listening to the River City Church Podcast. To learn more about our church community and how you can be a part, visit us online at therivercitychurch.org. This morning, we are taking a pause from our Galatians series, and we'll pick right back up on chapter 3 next week. But this morning, I have the privilege of having um, those that have been around River City Church for a while. He is uh, no stranger to you. He is uh, my father-in-law, Nancy's dad, uh, who's been pastoring 25 plus years in Northeast Ohio, pastored years before that in uh, Florida. Now they are helping churches turn around, churches that have been going through really rough seasons and um, serving, doing that, of revitalizing some older churches, getting them ready for what is next. And so um, he is a passionate guy, one that loves Jesus, is the same person on the stage as he is off the stage. Would you guys welcome Pastor Mark Beal as he comes to share the word this morning. Well, it is such an honor uh, to be here, and I, I say that with a sense of sacred trust that God has entrusted to pastors as well as just being here with this family. Uh, my wife and I are enjoying our 47th wedding anniversary this last week, and, um, and so Pam... 47 years, uh, you know, for two people that met in a bar, uh, it seems odd that we would be able to have survived 47 years, but we did, uh, thanks to God's grace, especially on her life, as she had to put up with me. Uh, again, let's get right into the word of God. So can we pray? We can we ask the Holy Spirit to help us? Father, we come to you in the matchless name of Jesus because we need you. We need the Holy Spirit to help us. I ask you to anoint these lips and then anoint our hearts and our minds to to understand, to comprehend, to take in and make use of your word for your glory and your honor. Release the life of Christ in us for your name's sake. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said. Amen. You know, last night, um, Damien took me down to Batavia. And I saw everybody excited at that, you know, church of Samuel Adams. And uh, it's just, everybody was excited to even pay their tithes to Samuel Adams. I couldn't believe all the money that was being spent down there. But uh, it, was, it was quite a place. And what was really kind of cool is how many people knew you, Damien. Uh, everybody was, hey, preacher, how you doing, man? And that was kind of cool down there. This morning, the Lord uh, is going to, I, I trust, Uh, share some things with you that you may have contemplated over the course of uh, your life and wondered how God is going to take something that has happened and turn it around for your good and his glory. So I want to open up with uh, the message, who's in charge, basically who's in charge of your life. Jeremiah 18.1 begins like this. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. And when you think about that, uh, that is a pretty incredible statement. I mean, when was the last time you had such confidence that what God has spoken to you, you can say, I have a word from the Lord. That, that's pretty, I mean, that's like startling to me. 
uh, I mean, we are all ambassadors. We're all, you know, ministers of reconciliation. We're, we're all in that place where we're to let our light shine. And, but when was the last time I had the audacity to say, hey, I have a word from the Lord for you? And that carries with it a deep sense of sacredness, doesn't it? Like authority. And, and I don't know if I ever even want to say that. I would trust that every pastor that would stand in a place like this would be able to say, uh, this is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. This is a word that comes to Damien from the Lord. This is a word that comes to Mark from the Lord or whoever it might be. I wonder how many careless words would not be spoken if the words that we had were words that were given to us from the Lord? How many foolish words would not have been uttered from our mouth that have carried with it the impact or the consequence of that foolish word on the heart of another? How many hurtful words, arrogant words, deceitful words would disappear from the atmosphere if the word that we had came from the Lord? Now, It says, this is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I'll give you my message. And I'm thinking, what, what? I I get a word from the Lord. Why should I have to go anywhere to receive a message? Uh, That's just not computing here. So anyway, it, it goes on. So I went to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. Jeremiah goes on to say, so the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as it seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. O house of Israel, can I not do with you as the potter does, declares the Lord. Like clay in the hand of a potter, so are you in my hand. O house of Israel. So Jeremiah heard God speak, and I don't know whether it was audibly or not. I mean, I've been pastoring a long time, and I've only one time knew in my heart of hearts that I heard the Lord speak to me audibly. Other times, it's just been a witness of the Spirit. Sometimes I'll open up the Word of God, and boom, it's right there. God is speaking to me. It's in my face. Other times, it might be sitting where you would be sitting listening to a pastor and, and I know, I know that I know that I know I'm getting a word for the Lord for my life. You've been there, right? Trust many of you have. Jeremiah heard God speak. It might have been that still small voice, but nonetheless, it was clear. So clear that he knew he had been given instructions. It was understood without confusion. It appears that Jeremiah went without delay to a specific address to observe a specific person executing a specific task. And it seemed to me that gives us the first clue as to what God might want us to accept as a principle for our life. Before revelation comes, obedience is required. You know, he just wants, if you're gonna be faithful in little things, I'll give you charge over much more. 
So he's, he, he wants us to be responsive to what he tells us to do. Jeremiah observes an artisan shape and then reshape a pot of clay due to the specific cause that the pot was marred. Now in the Old Testament that word marred means spoiled or ruined, perverted, corrupted, damaged. Now all of us are born with a degree of what I call the Adam's mark, you know, that sin nature that's imputed into us. I didn't, no one had to teach any of my kids at two years old to say no, but they all did. Every one of them. And uh, you just don't have to tell your kids how to disobey. They just kind of naturally get it. Well, that's Adam's mark. We're all kind of, that's where we're at. And our pots get spoiled and ruined and perverted and corrupted and damaged and by our natural inclination to sin. And therefore, our divine destinies are put on hold until God gets a hold of us. All of us were young, um, and our clay was pretty pliable in the hands of whoever that pot was put in, uh, in the care of. Here's an old line that says, show me your friends and I'll show you your future because friends have a very uh, peculiar way of being able to shape your pot. So parents, <laughs> be careful with the friends that you allow your kids to hang out with because they will definitely begin to shape that pliable clay. Even the apostle Paul weighs on the subject when he says, bad company corrupts good character and how true it is. Teachers, I met a teacher this morning that, uh, that plays a huge role in shaping our clay pots. Um, I, I grew up in Minnesota, and, and uh, rural Minnesota, very rural. In fact, the very first grade, I was the only kid in first grade in a school like Little House on the Prairie, all 12 grades in one classroom. It was wild. And then they, they moved me to a big school where I had three in my grade. And they, they consolidated, and there's only six grades in that school. And then, then they put me in the big school in seventh grade, and in, in, that was in the big city. And I remember going to that school. At very first, I was a farmer. I came. I didn't have the right shoes. I didn't have the right clothes. I didn't talk the same way that they did. And I was a misfit, like you had up on the screen there. And I, immediately, I could I could see who the hockey jocks were, the football jocks, the guys, and they would ridicule and begin to shape my my pot into a fist <laughs> because I wanted to. Fight. That's just what I grew up with. And, and yet there were some teachers that I remember that really impacted my life and shaped me. Parents and extended family have the most significant role in impacting our kids, our, our children, our clay pots. And you can imagine then how single parent families often have to struggle and how one of the departed, whether for whatever reason, leaves a certain scar on, on that clay pot, even in its infancy when it's most pliable. 
we get older, our clay dries out a bit and it becomes more difficult to salvage and to shape and it's spoiled, it's ruined, it's perverted, it's corrupted, not only by others and how they impact us, but certainly even by our own sin nature, choices that we've made that we shouldn't have. I, I think about why and how it would be that God would want to take somebody that really only ever cursed his name, that he would want me to preach about his name someday. Or some of the things that we have done in our life, the decisions, we've, we've made decisions to have an abortion, we've made decisions to have a divorce, we've made decisions to, to get drunk out of our mind, to hurt other people, to, Oh my goodness, there's been so many poor decisions and all of us have made them. And yet, God is saying to us the way he's saying to Israel, I just want you on the potter's wheel. I know where you've been. I know what you've said. I know what you've thought. I know, I know everything about you. But I, I love you and I, I want you on the potter's wheel. I've got plans for you. All of us know Jeremiah's famous words. I, I've got great plans for you, plans to prosper you and give you hope in the future, right? And that's, that's God's plans. Now we know the enemy has plans to destroy you, to kill and destroy and steal and mar you even beyond your unrecognizable marring that you have already accomplished both by yourself and by the hand of others. You know, when we stick our kids in schools, my son went to a Christian school. We wanted him to go to a Christian school, but I tell you, I believe he was marred more in the Christian school than he was marred in the public school. Christians have a way of doing that too, don't we? We we can really mess up by our prejudices and our legalism and our, and our own selfish mannerisms and we can do sometimes what we consider to be irreparable damage to those that we love the most. How is that possible? It's possible because we too carry Adam's mark and we need God's grace to overcome that and literally become Jesus with skin on so that God can start using us as part of his hands in the pots that are on the potter's wheel that he puts in our lives. I was looking on and mentioning, I just happened to go in and, and meet Richard and Taffy, I think it is. So, she just loves being in the nursery. No, I don't know, she probably fell on her head when she was a kid, doesn't know. She loves being in the nursery. And thinking of how that little baby that she's holding is being shaped already by the loving, graceful, warm, accepting hands of Taffy. Now that little baby may never know Taffy's name, but there'll be a day, hopefully, maybe, when you'll say, you know, I remember when I took you to the nursery and Taffy would hold you. And that's why you feel so warm and inviting about wanting to come to church because people there are so accepting of you and that's the way it's supposed to be. Who can say amen? amen. But our kids have an incredible um, 
vulnerability to being damaged, not only by, in, again, internally poor decisions, but certainly by, by computers. <laughs> I never had that, never had that uh, problem with computers damaging me. I damaged my computers, but they didn't damage me much at my age. Um, but kids with tablets and phones and damaged by pornography and politics and false religions and violence and all that stuff that comes out that many of us were exempt from, but our kids are vulnerable to. We have to be so guarded as parents to help understand these kids are on a potter's wheel. And everything that we put into their hands has the potential of influencing that pot, shaping it in some measure. That's why family devotions are so important. That's why putting them back on the family's potter's wheel and letting God use the parents and using his word and using the Holy Spirit to help reshape a pot that has been hurt or wounded during the course of a day. I don't know about you, but some of the most painful words are, you'll never amount to anything. You are an idiot. <laughs> I remember, oh, I remember my, da- my, my daughter, my uh, sister was who's a year and a half older than me, she was brilliant. She was so stinking smart, I hated it. She graduated from college with a double major in Russian and math. I couldn't even spell Russian. And, and so I would follow her in school, and all the teachers said, you can't, you're lying to me. You are not Marilyn's brother. Yeah, I am, you know. And, uh, and so I, I started recognizing over the course of time that I could not live up to what somebody else, you know, many of us try and, and do that. We, we try and live up to what somebody else is doing. Or, and God hasn't called us to do that at all. He just wants us to measure up to what he's wanting us to do. He puts us on the potter's wheel so that he's coming, I'm going to make a taffy. And she's going to be just right. And her hands are going to be just so. And I'm going to put her vocal cords so. And she's going to help influence those kids. And it's, it's amazing. The high calling of the taffies in life. The high calling of those in sound booths. The high calling of people that are greeting at the door. I can tell why you're a greeter. You've got smile that goes from ear to ear. You're a naturally born greeter, man. You said, how did that happen? Well, God put you on the potter's wheel in spite of the fact that you've made some poor decisions in your life. You've thought some things you should never have thought, said things you should never have. You've done things you never should have done. Your part is incredibly marred. And God says, but I can make something useful out of that, dude. And so God has a plan and a purpose for all of us that is so powerfully redemptive. Every word that you have out of your mouth, every action, every handshake, every eye-to-eye contact has significance that could lead someone to Jesus or even become more like, so I would say to, to people, 
Whatever you touch, leave the fingerprint of God on it. Let them know that they've been in the presence of somebody who's been on the potter's wheel. Come on, right? So, I don't know where I am now. I got. I think that's my introduction. Okay, so, I, I don't know where we are. Um, let's just go to... Uh, Let's go to Isaiah 64. Are we there yet? Oh, it says, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We're all formed by your hand. Please don't remember our sins forever. Can I tell you, that is absolutely a prayer that will be answered. One of the great things about God, I mean, one of the many great things is not only that he's willing to forgive us, but that he's willing to forget. I remember the night before I preached my first message, I was beat up, horribly beat up in my spirit, man, till like three or maybe four in the morning, and the, and the enemy was saying, you can't, you, can't you remember what you did? Can't you remember what you said? And I was having all these nightmares about the terrible things and decisions. I was 30 years old and vulgar and pretty violent by the time I was 30 when I got saved and... And so all of that was being rehearsed and the Holy Spirit had to speak louder. Greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world. And the Holy Spirit had to speak louder than the one that was trying to destroy and take away that moment and say, listen, I've redeemed you. I, I have forgotten everything that he remembers. And so I want you to know God has forgotten the sin under the blood of Jesus and now you're on the potter's wheel. He says, whoo, have I got a shape for you? Have I got a design for you? Have I got a plan for you? It might be that little child in the nursery. Don't underestimate its significance. God's got a plan for every one of us. The moment our ruined, damaged lives are put on that potter's wheel. God's got a plan that shapes us into the image of his son. By repenting of our sins and asking the Holy Spirit to make us into a new pot. <laughs> the Bible says if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And all I can say is, Whoo! thank you God for that. Man, I don't have to carry that bag of rocks of all the stuff that I did. You know, David literally raped Bathsheba and killed her husband, had him murdered. God says, I still want to use that, dude. That's pretty incredible, isn't it? Clay is clay, and as such, it sits on the potter's wheel. You can't shape yourself, really, you can't. I mean, once you get on that potter's wheel, God is saying, yeah, you're in my hands and I'll make you into what I want you to make, what I want to make you into. Romans says, who are you, a mere human being, to argue with God? Should the thing say to what has created it, why have you made me like this? So, some of you look in the mirror and say, why have you made me like this? You know, you're not happy with ourselves. Well, I've got a, a, a mouth that stutters. Well, so did Moses, but God had a plan for him. We've all got times when we've 
thought, God, why did you make me like that? My wife has asked the Lord, why did you make him like that? Even the pastor, after right after we got saved, about maybe two or three months, oh man, I was so stinking thankful. I was saved. I'm, I'm still stinking thankful I'm saved. But I was walking out of the church and I'm so happy. I'm just like, just spastic. And, and the pastor takes my wife by the hand and says, oh, you poor thing. Is he always like this? And she says, yeah. All my cows got saved. Oh, yeah, it was amazing. Even my chickens got saved. Anyway, it goes on to say, when a potter makes jars out of clay, doesn't he have the right to use the same lump of clay to make one jar for decoration and another to throw garbage into? So what if he makes you a jar for garbage to be thrown into? Actually, Damien, that's what pastors are. <laughs> People bring all their garbage. They just dump it. And, uh, but don't despise those little things. That's such a privilege that God would use you to have someone's garbage dumped into because you're safe for them to do so. You may not be a pastor, but you may be a teacher, maybe a greeter. Uh, I was really blessed this morning just by the young lady who was at the door. Please forgive me, I can't remember your name, but she said, I just wanted to do something. Oh, that is such, oh, pastors just want to melt. I think they went into glory when somebody says, give me something to do. What? Yeah, oh my friends, all of you have a divine destiny. Amen. You are in the potter's hand. Your destiny cannot be fulfilled until you allow yourself to get on the, the wheel and let the potter do something magnificent. Let the master's hands begin to develop you for your divine destiny to be fulfilled. No eye has seen, no ear heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Every part is important. Every single part. I'm doing a study out of 1 Corinthians and, and there's some ignoble parts. You know, I, as a pastor, you, you have people in your church. I, I, I said oh, over the course of time, I've had some real armpits in my church. I don't know about, you know. I've even had a few anal passages in my church over the course of time. It's <laughs> quite bad. But God has put people, every single one, with a divine destiny. God has given you the Holy Spirit to help you discover what it is you are to be and what you are to become. When you go out this door today, you get in your car. Do you realize that your steps are ordered by the Lord? You're not just going to go to any Burger King. You're going to go to that Burger King. And that lady that, or man that, that serves you is suddenly in your path on purpose. Wow. That changes the whole dynamic of everything you do in your life. Come on, say Amen. Well, we hold the words of eternal life in our lives. If left to our personality, 
we would probably hide it. We'd stay private. We'd put a lampshade over the light of his glory. But if we let God shape us and put the light in us, he'd put it so that the world would see that light and hear his word. And Bible says we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. You see, clay is of no value in and of itself per se. Just sits there. It's like, I don't know if you've ever messed with any kind of clay, but if, you, if, if there's too much dirt in the clay, it just doesn't hold its shape. It just kind of crumbles. That, that's, that's the way it is with us. There's a lot of, we were born with dirt. And so God just puts us on, cleans that out, filters that out, and he leaves that perfect clay for his shaping. The most important quality of clay is that it surrenders itself into the hands of the potter for him to do with us, getting rid of all that is spoiled. And not only do we spoil ourselves by some of the things we've done and things we've said, but and not only is it the, the consequence of others, but we allow those consequences and we've allowed our bad decisions to exempt us from the things that God has called us to do, even if, once we get saved. And yeah, but you don't know, you don't know what my grandfather did to me. You don't know how I was abused. You don't know all the things that were said to me. And so we all kind of walk into the kingdom with a limp. But God knows. I may not know. But God knows he still wants to you. You know there's no yabuts in heaven. You stand before God and he says, I called you to do this. Yeah, but so-and-so said that when I was 17 and it really messed me up, man. I made you messed up. He says, listen, I've had you on the potter's wheel and you won't let that go. Getting on the potter's wheel says, I'm willing to let it all go and let you shape me into the image you want me to be. Amen. Come on. You got to let it go, my friends. It's easier said than done. I know. I've been there myself. Living with regret and living with the lament of some of those memories that God has long forgotten takes time. It does. I don't know. It just takes time to put it in the past and get on with the plans that God has for your life. I find it difficult to grasp how being beat up by a family member, sold as a slave, falsely accused of sexual assault, thrown into prison for years is a great plan. But God had a plan even for Joseph and he was beat up by his brothers, thrown into a pit. Yes, he was sold as a slave. Yes, he was falsely accused of being a sexual predator, thrown into prison and forgotten. For years upon years upon years. I would think, good heavens, God, is, is my play in that tough a shape that you can't do it quicker than that? But it takes some of us a little longer for us to reach our divine destiny, and he did. Ultimately, God was even with him in prison, shaping him to become the man that he would need him to be in that divine moment 
where his destiny was to be fulfilled. And so some of you have been tossed around, hurt, wounded deeply, even by family members, friends, and possibly pastors. If you look at the divine destiny aspect of your life, say, God, could anything good come out of this? You know, there's a scripture. I don't even know where I am. Oh, yeah. Uh, Romans 8, 28. It says this. We know that God causes everything to work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And I'm thinking, what? This can't be for good. There's no way to take somebody who's beaten up by your brothers and sold as a slave and falsely accused and for being a sexual pervert and thrown in. How is that possibly going to work for my destiny? And you can be just all wrecked by it as opposed to saying, God, what do you want me to do with this? Oh, I know. Pam and I have been... Horribly, I think, at times, as we were growing through this, I always told everybody, I didn't mind preaching about faith. I just didn't want to have to live by it. I know what it's like to be falsely accused. I know what those things are. And I'm thinking, how do you think good come out of this? You know, God has a way supernaturally, of course everything he does is supernatural, to make it ultimately for your good and for his glory. That's where faith comes in. I trust you. I trust When I need that mountain to move and you don't move it, I will still trust in you. Isn't that how that song goes, something like that? And I'm thinking, wow, that was, that's so profound because it's so true. I will say this, over the course of time, as I started reading God's word, how thankful I was that I was not called the way he called some. If you can imagine like being Hosea, this, this godly boy grows up probably as in, with a Nazarite vow. Here he is, 40 years old, he's still a virgin, and God says, I got a word for you. Oh, yes, uh, what is it, God? I want you to go marry that prostitute. What? I am really thankful, honey, that God did not tell me to do that. But you see, listen. God told Hosea to do that. He got a word from the Lord. Do that. When you get a word from the Lord that maybe you don't understand, but you know that you know that you know that's what God's told you to do it, then you just do it and leave the outcome in the potter's hands. I am so glad God didn't have me do that. Bless the Lord. Okay, let's go on. You know, when I, by the way, I did meet my wife in a bar. It's one of those things that she was sitting all by herself. I was sitting by myself. And we, we met. And six weeks later, I asked her to marry me. And off we were. 47 years of bliss for me. Ecclesiastes says, for everything there's a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, and a time to plant, and a time to harvest. So we may wonder about the circumstances and the timing of our lives. We might even suggest that God has been somewhat unkind or certainly not mindful of our circumstances because things have happened that we feel shouldn't have. 
But then we're reminded all things do work together for good. That's right, that's right, that's what he said. That's right, I've got to get that in my spirit. I want us to move to Jeremiah 18, 11. It says, now therefore say to the people of Judah and those living in Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says, I'm preparing a disaster for you. What? What? Wait a minute, this is what the Lord says, I'm preparing a disaster. What? I'm devising a plan against you. So turn from your evil ways, each one of you. Reform your ways and your actions. They'll reply, it's no use. We'll continue with our own plans. Each of us will follow the stubbornness of his own evil heart. You see, listen, God is preparing them to go into 70 years in the torment of Babylon. Why? Because they refuse to get on the potter's wheel and let God make them into the person, people he wanted them to be. You might wonder, why are... Why am I experiencing such a terrible circumstance? Well, maybe it's been a long time since you've allowed God to put you on the potter's wheel and make you into the people he wants you to be. So God has to allow the, 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 the circumstances of your life to shape you into a place where you say, I'm broken and crumbled, I'm peace, I'm nothing. God says, finally, finally you've come to that conclusion. Now get on the potter's wheel and I will reshape you into the image of my son. Don't be stubborn and hard-hearted in a hard piece of clay. Who can say amen? Well, I want to finish with this. My time is right there. Damien, I'm going to make it. (laughs) I look at what God has had to put up with uh, in my life, and I'm so thankful he never gave up on me. Remember that song when we were little kids? I don't know. I, I, I got kicked out of vacation Bible school. I don't know. But some kid got in my way and I beat him up and I got kicked out. But I still remember that. And I remember the song that they were singing the day I got kicked out. He's still working on me to make me what he wants me to be. Something like that. I remember that. I'm thinking, the best, one of the best things that ever happened to me was I got kicked out of vacation Bible school. Because I remember it. To this day, he's still working on me. And he's still working on you. And you. People have said some horribly terrible things to you in your life. They've marred your pot pretty bad. Some have been pastors and teachers and people that you held in high esteem. They seem to hurt you the worst. Somebody that you really honor. Boom! It doesn't take much for them to just smatter, splatter your pot. And then there's other times when you have just made a mess of things yourself. Isn't that right? You just made a mess of things. So... You have a choice today. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be stubborn, I'm gonna remain a mess because I like being a mess. Or you can say, you know what? I'm ready to be put back on the potter's wheel. I'm ready for God. I'm ready for God to shape me into the image of his son. 
being transformed from glory to glory by the Holy Spirit. Put me on the potter's wheel, God, I'm ready. He'll say, I have a divine destiny for you to fulfill. I'm so thankful that you're ready. Oh, have I got plans for you. How many want to get back on the potter's wheel? Huh? Haven't you, haven't you had enough of the yabuts in your life saying, I'm not going to amount to much because of this or that? And God says, no, no, stop. You can't blame someone else and you can't blame yourself because I've forgotten it all. All I want is you on the potter's wheel and let me shape you. Amen? So would you close your eyes for a moment? You're here this morning. It's not by happenstance. not by, you know, the luck of the draw. I believe there's some providence your steps have been ordered, even unbeknownst to you, that you would be here today because God wants you in his hands. If you're not saved, meaning you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, that if you were to to take your final breath here today, would your next breath be in heaven or in hell? If you need to know for sure that heaven is your home, then ask him, put me on the potter's wheel. Is there anybody here that needs to be saved this morning that would say, God, I, I don't want to be crushed by the enemy's hand. I want to be shaped by yours. Is there any here today? Then I, I'm asking the rest of us who by God's grace have been saved. If you've been wounded, if, you, if your clay, clay pot has somehow been violated and you want to get back on this potter's wheel and let him shape you this morning, I want you to come to an old-fashioned like altar call where you just come on up to the, fr- the top and, or the front and say, you know, God, please work on me. Help finish me. Would you do that right now? If you're here this morning, if you're prompted by the Lord to come up and get on the potter's wheel, that you're going to do so right now. Say, that's me. I'm getting on the potter's wheel. God, I'm yours. I'm soft and pliable in your hands. You just get up from your chair and come forward right now and say, I, I'm done with the excuses of being a, a person who's not fulfilling my destiny because of my personality or because of somebody else's actions, I am, I am ready to get on the pot and fulfill my divine destiny according to the plan of God. If that's you, I want you to come right now. Come forward. Don't hesitate. Don't look around see who else is coming. Just come on up and let God put you on the potter's wheel. Let him finish something that's, that the world has said is ruined, that you felt Ruined. You felt violated or hurt or wounded or damaged or abused. Let God take that and reshape it into something so beautiful to hold the treasure in this jar of clay.
Father, thank you for your redeeming, powerful, incredible word this morning. I thank you, Lord, that we're never too old, never too wounded or damaged, never too young to get on the potter's wheel. Put us there, I surrender. Do with me as you see fit. Bring glory to yourself in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the River City Church podcast. We'd love to hear how God is using River City Church to minister and impact lives. If you have a story to share of how God is moving in your life, send an email to amen at therivercitychurch.org. If you'd like to support our mission financially so we can continue to share messages just like these, you can give online at therivercitychurch.org slash give.